You pray for us tonight. We're going to start reading at verse number 25. Uh, Y'all pray for me tonight. I'm tired. My, my, my body is just exhausted at the moment. But uh, I know God can touch it, and uh, I, I just need, I need to touch God. I say, y'all pray for me, God, to help me. Uh, I want to help you all, and excited, and, uh, but I need his touch tonight. Genesis 45, starting at verse 25, and the Bible says this. And they went up out of Egypt, and came into the land of Canaan unto Jacob their father, and told him, saying, Joseph is yet alive. And he is the governor over all the land of Egypt. And Jacob's heart fainted, for he believed them not. And they told him all the words of Joseph, which he had said unto them. And when he saw the wagons which Joseph had sent to carry him, the spirit of Jacob, their father, revived. And Israel said, It is enough. Joseph, my son, is yet alive. I will go and see him. Before I die, let's pray. Lord, we come to you. We're so glad to be in this place. And Lord, thankful for the good singing, Lord. Just thankful for the testimonies. And I, I just appreciate being here, Lord. It's good for my heart. And I, I need it, Lord. I need this place. need these people. And I'm thankful you've allowed me to be here. I pray, God, tonight, touch me. I need you physically, Lord, spiritually. I need some unction to preach tonight. I pray you'd help us. Help me to effectively communicate the word of God. And Lord, I pray for someone lost in here. Lord, I may, may be someone sitting here and never know you and pardon and forgiveness of sin. Lord, I pray they get born again tonight. Lord, I pray you'd help the church tonight. Lord, strengthen us, we pray. We love you and we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, as you come up to where we are in this chapter, uh, you start reading about Joseph. I believe it's chapter 37 in the book of Genesis. Uh, and, and, and we come there and we find that Joseph has been sold and he's been... Uh, put in the prison at, from Potiphar's house and he finds himself in Egypt and God has blessed him and, and his brothers had come back where the land had been, uh, the famine was all over the world and, and they had come to Egypt for food and eventually we find that Joseph after a couple times revealed himself to his brethren and as we come here to, to verse number 25, the brethren is coming home and they're coming home to tell dad who doesn't know yet uh, uh, what they know and and, and, and Jacob's sons, when they return home, they, they come back and they tell, they tell uh, Israel that Joseph was alive. And it says something here. I want you to look at this phrase there in verse number uh, 27. And it says, the Bible said Jacob's spirit was revived. And I thought... We're, we're coming up on revival. I, I'm preaching in a revival all this week, so I got revival on my mind. But we're coming up on the revival. Our class has been reading a, a book by Scott Polly on revival praying. And, 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 and I was thinking about revival, and I want you to notice this is the first mention of the word revive or revived in the Bible. And it is in connection with the Son that lives. And may I say something to you? I, I want to talk about a little bit about revival. I want to preach on this tonight. It is enough for revival. Scott Pauley said this in, in his book, I like this. He said the goal of revival, it's not an experience or an event or an emotion. The goal is always God himself. And you'll see here in this passage, it is to bring Jacob uh, back to the sun. And, and, and revival itself, it means to be renewed. And, and may I say, uh, we're in a time right now in a world where I don't necessarily know that people know how to judge what revival is. 
Now, uh, don't get upset with me, but let me say something to you. I hope we have some wonderful services where the power of God and the Spirit of God moves. I like when it gets on. I like when God testifies through people. He gives people something to say. I like when the preaching's got the anointing on. I like when the singing's got... I like all them things that's attached to revival. But that's not a judgment of revival. May I say... We could have a week where, I mean, it blows through here and it's wonderful and it's up and it feels good and it's wonderful. But let me say something to you. If our lives are not more obedient to the Word of God following revival, it ain't a revival. Feelings do not denote revival. A revival, what it is, is it is a renewed, a fresh obedience to the Word of God. It's not that we get feeling good. I like to feel good. Everybody likes to feel good. But feeling good doesn't mean that it's been a great week. We can have a great week and not have revival. Revival will be when there's a a rekindling of love for the Lord and a fresh obedience to His Word. It's when the lives of God's people get back in line with God's Word. May I say, you can judge a revival by the way you live after it compared to the way you did before it. And that's how we see revival and the fruits of... We may not necessarily even see what you'll see sometimes in revival is you, you may have a great week, but it may be months and weeks later you start to see the fruit from it where God's people get right. And then you start seeing people get saved because God's people are witnessing. God's people are praying. You see, we can't just look back at a week and say it was a good week. Now, we can do that, but that isn't the end of judging revival. Revival, it comes by a renewing to the Word of God. Everything comes back to God's Word. And what we see here is after the scripture said, notice this, he called him Jacob and he called him Jacob. But after it says that the spirit of Jacob, their father, revived, it called him Israel. Can I say something to you? Israel is a picture of his spiritual nature. That was the new name he got there when he wrestled with God. And, and, and we find here that there's a lot of times that there's many of us are living to Jacob and not to Israel. We're living to the older man instead of the new man. And when I say this revival, when revival has come to a heart, there'll be a turn to the new man and not to the old. And I want to just look here at a few things we can get about revival. I believe this, the first thing we see here in verse number 26, revival comes from a fresh word. Notice what happened. Jacob was living in a time of famine, much like we are today in a sense spiritually. uh, We're in a time of famine. It's not that the word of God's not available. It's not those things, but we're living in a time where people are not into the word of God. They're not worried about the word of God. We're in a nation that necessarily isn't living for God anymore. But I want to say something to you. We can find in the midst of that that we can still have a revival in our hearts. And I want you to notice uh, what we see here in the midst of this that God has a message for us in the midst of the circumstance. I don't want to preach about all the things that are wrong. We could be here all night. Okay? We could go on forever and ever about all the things that are wrong. And you know them and I know them. And we sometimes have to, to hammer on those things. And it's important at times. But I want to say something to you tonight. God's got a fresh word for us. Notice verse 26. Notice, here's, here's we see revival comes from a fresh word. They showed back up. And they told him saying... Joseph is yet alive. I mean, that ought to just make us stop for a second. I'm glad I know a son that got up on the third day. I'm glad I know there was one that was dead. He was dead. He wasn't asleep. He wasn't in there. Listen, when Jesus put it, gave up the ghost, he died. 
Hey, you were right. You know what a grave for? It's for somebody that's dead. That's what he was. He was dead. He wasn't asleep. He wasn't in a comatose state. He died, and three days later, he got up again. And we see here, they came back to Joseph, and they said, Jacob, listen, Jacob, he's alive. He's alive. He is alive. Can I say something to you? You know what will spark a revival? is a word that the sun still lives, that the sun still risen, that the Son of God. God, hey listen, has rose up from the grave. Matthew 28 and 6 says he is not here for he is risen as he said. Come see the place where the Lord lay. Luke 24, 5, why seek ye the living from among the dead? Acts 2 and 24, whom God hath raised up having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that he should be holding of it. John 14, 19, because I live, ye shall live also. You know what will help us? He's alive. Oh yes, he's alive. Thank God he's alive. They came back to Joseph. You got to remember, he done thought his son was torn up. He had that favorite coat that he gave him covered in blood of, of the kid there. He thought he was dead. He thought it was over. And here's some all these years later. Here they come back, the same brothers that cast him away, brought back news to dad to say, listen, he is alive. That's a message that ought to help our hearts. We have a fresh word that the son lives. But not only did they come back, we got a fresh word that the son loves. Notice this, and when they told him all the words of Joseph, the Bible tells us in Genesis 45, 18, Joseph said this, and take your father and your households and come unto me, and I will give you the good of the land, and you shall eat the fat of the land. Can I say something to you? Jo jo Jacob, Joseph loved his family, and he was going to give them the best of the land. You, I'm talking about, listen, we see that the son, let me say something to you, God only has what's best for you. I'm glad not only is he a son that lives, but he's a son that loves. Here's a good news for you today. In a world that's cold, in a world that's dark, in a world that hates and doesn't appreciate the things of God, and God, I'm glad the Bible said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I'm glad the Bible said in Romans 5 and 8, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I'm glad for John 4 and 10. Herein is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Here's a fresh word. God loves you tonight. We need a fresh word. We need to be reminded that he's alive. And we need to be reminded that he lives. I'm glad the Bible says over in Hebrews, I'm going to go there so I can get every one of these verses in chapter number 4. Starting at verse number 13, you know how much he loves you. The Bible says this in verse 14, Seeing then we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God. Let us hold fast our profession. I love this right here. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Hey, you know what that means? When you're feeling down, hey, that touches him. Him. He knows what you're going through. He knows the struggles that you face. I'm glad that there's a Savior that lives, but there's one that cares and loves you. You know, that ought to help us want to live for Him. Just a good reminder. Hey, we need a, we need a fresh word about a son that lives and a son that loves. 
But not only do we need a fresh word, we need a fresh work. Look at verse number 27. He sent him that word. Can you imagine? Now you know wonder about passed out. You, I mean, he thought he was dead all these years. All these years thought he was dead. And he's alive. But not only was there a fresh word that came telling that he was alive, but notice this. It said in verse 27, when he had saw the wagons which Joseph had sent to carry him. Do you realize what, what God was doing there? God was moving Jacob into his will. And can I say something to you? A revival will come. Hey, listen, when God's people will get a fresh word, they'll allow the word of God. They'll believe the word of God. They'll allow that word to penetrate their heart and there'll be a fresh work from God in your heart. We need a fresh work of God. We need a fresh renewal. I'm not talking about getting saved over again. I'm talking about, hey, you know what we need? We need some rededications. We need the people to commit again. People to give themselves over again to say, hey, I've not been living the way I was. If we're going into a week and we know that there's one point in your Christian life, I'm not measuring by how much, I'm not measuring by quantity. Throw quantity out. Let me say something to you. How much you can do may change, but let me ask the question. Are you doing all that you can do at the time you're doing it? You, you, You know, you may not be able to do what you did 50 years ago, but are you doing all you can now? That's a good question to ask. And as we're coming into revival, you know what we need? We need a fresh work in our hearts. He not only heard but he saw Joseph's hand at work. I'm glad we can see the hand of God moving. I'm glad we can see him work in our lives. We need to be reminded of the things he's done. But in the days that we're living in, what will bring revival is a fresh work of God in your heart. I want you to notice what he said. There's a, we need a fresh work of the Son's power. Notice what he said when he come back. Not only did he say that he's alive, but he said he is governor over all the land of Egypt. They, 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 you know what this spoke of? It spoke of that Joseph was not only living, but Joseph had all power. Joseph had the power. I'm glad the Bible tells us. Over in Matthew 28, 18, Jesus said this, and Jesus came and spake unto them. The living, risen Savior said this, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. May I say, He has power to, hey, we can have revival. He has the power to do it, hey, if we want revival. We'll need a fresh work. I'm glad He's got the power to do this. 1 John 1 and 9 says this, If we confess our sins... He is faithful, and look at this word, just. Just tells us two things here. I'll get to it in a second. Just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Just not only tells us that he can do it, but he has the authority and he's right in doing that. It speaks of power. Can I say something to you? You know what we need? We need to get get our hearts cleansed up. We need a fresh work inside of our hearts. I mean, I'm t- and I'm glad there's one that can get her cleaned up. I'm talking about, listen, hey, my standing is as good as it'll ever be, Tom. It can't change. I'm, I'm as saved as I'm ever going to be. But my state oftentimes get in a bad place, get in a place that ought not be. But I'm glad there's one. The Bible said, my little children, I ask that you sin not. The Bible, let me say something. The grace of God will never teach you to sin. People's, got, people's messed up their doctrine when they think that the grace of God gives you a license to live how you want to. But the Bible said the grace of God that bringeth salvation at the pier to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, and we should live soberly, righteously, godly in this present world. May I say something to you? We got a Savior that can give us a fresh work, a clean heart, a renewed spirit. I'm talking about we can have revival. 
There's a fresh work of the Son's power. And then there's a fresh work of the Son's provision. Notice what it says in verse 23, what what, what Joseph sent to Jacob. And to his father he sent after this manner. Ten asses laden with the good things of Egypt. Ten she asses laden with corn and bread and meat for his father by the way. He not only sent him a ride. Hey, I got a ride coming. (laughs) Thank God. I'll never forget I heard Alan Stewart preach on that one time. He said, I've got a ride. Bless God, I got a ride coming. I'm looking forward to getting there. But I'm going to tell you something. You know what he did? Not only did he send him a ride, but he sent him every single thing he needed to get to the place God wanted him to be. May I say something to you? He will provide every single thing you and I need to live in the center as his will. He will not shortchange us. I believe it's over in 2 Peter that he tells us that he's given us all things. Listen, all things we need to live godly, all things we need to do the will of God. Can I say something to you? He said, I'll give it to you. Hey, you know what we need? We need a fresh work. We need to be reminded that the Son that lives can help us, will strengthen us, will empower us to live and do right. We can have revival. There's a fresh work of the son's power, a fresh work of the son's provision. I like these verses, 2 Corinthians 9 and 8. You want some proof text? The Bible says this, And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye have always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. You, so, you know what that means is? Whatever the job requires, he'll have the tools in the belt. That's what that's saying. Every time. Everything that you need, I've been on, I'm glad God don't work this way. He could if he wanted to, but he always provides the need. But if you, can you imagine, have you ever been out like working? I do this. I think I got everything ready to go to cut down a tree. I take that long walk across the creek, I go over there, and I forget bar and chain oil. And I'm like, man, I just hiked all the way over here. And you got to have it. God ain't never done that. He's never, listen, he's never had not had what he needed and he'll never not supply what we need. You say, look at the days out here. Look at the news. Look at all these things. Let me say something to you. Just look at God. That'll help you. Just look, hey, just remember we got a Savior that can provide. The Bible, that's what the Word of God, Ephesians 3 and 20. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. That, you know what that says? You think, well, I, we need this and we need that. God says, I can go far above that. You think we want to see God do this? We want to see these things happen? God said, I can go far above what you can think. That's how powerful I am. We need to be reminded Jude 24, now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. I'm glad he goes with us. Philippians 4, 19, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Let me say, this church right here, listen to me. We ought not wonder if God can provide. And you say, well, inflation's at an, I mean, eggs are seven, eight dollars. I'm glad I don't eat many eggs. It'd probably be cheaper to start buying chickens. I'll just be honest. I'd eat them before I'd get the eggs. would be the problem. But I think at all-time high, stock market up and down, retirement's going up and down, political turmoil, governments are corrupt, corrupt people in governments. You wonder what all we're going to do. And in the midst of all of that, 
I'm so glad. In the midst of all of that, we got a Savior that can meet our needs. And you know what? Here's, here's where we ought to look back to. Look back to that parking lot we don't use very much up there right now. That I believe, the way I understand it, was, a, let's, was one of the last things done and chosen to do. It was not an accident, by the way. Nobody else knew what this thing was going to be, that it was even going to come. We didn't know that. I can remember, I can remember we were at Sunday dinner, Tom, and I, had, I don't get the newspaper, my grandparents do. And it, it was the same day that Kobe Bryant died, the basketball player, but on the headline of the paper we talked about this virus that was over in China. That was in February. Now, a month later is over here. You remember seven or eight cases here and there, here and there. And I'm talking about shut her down. They want to shut everything down. And here we missed maybe two weeks. Maybe two weeks. And all of a sudden we had a place, a perfect amphitheater. Not only did we have the amphitheater, but then we had the technology that you didn't even have to open your windows. I mean, our biggest worry is whether whose kid was going to honk the horn while Tom was preaching. Preacher, Tom gets to stand up at the top and everybody gets to see him just like in the pulpit to hear the word of God preached. Let me say something to you. That's called God can provide every need. Every need. We didn't even know we needed that, but that's God. We ought to look back and in these days when we see all these things we're up against and all these things, we ought to stop back and look and say, we ought to just go up. We ought to just have a service when it gets warm up in the parking lot up there and just thank God for where he's brought us from and what he's done for us. I mean, it ought to remind us that we can get in our cars if we want to. It don't matter. But we ought to just go up there and just be reminded, hey, he met our need before we knew we even had one. Some churches were out forever and we got to meet up there every Sunday. Yeah, it was a little bit different, but praise God, he met our need. We ought to thank God for that. That's what happened when, ja- when old Jacob saw them wagons full of his needs met. A son that's alive that says, come on. And a, and a wagons that were full. Let me say something to you, friends. We need a fresh work, but no, we need revival comes from a future welcome. I want you to notice this. Jacob had heard the word and saw the provision. But when he saw the wagons, their ride to, that ride to meet his son, you know what he said? It is enough. Revival will come when we look to the hope we have and what's to come. I enjoy life, and there's problems, there's struggles, there's things we go through, but just me and Tom was talking about this the other day. Do you realize this is the worst we ever have it? Like whatever life we have left on this day, and you, you could take it to this screen, but do you realize this is the worst? But think about it on the other end. We don't even know the best that we're going to have it. Or we can't even understand, begin to imagine what is ahead for us. And I mean, I'm just telling you, listen to me. I, I, I told this to him, I think, or my dad, somebody, that, that you know, even if, if none of this was real and there was no future beyond this life, living by the Word of God still made my life better than it was when I didn't. I've had less problems, less struggles. I, my life is better just living. I, it's, a, it's still a better life. I mean, I, you compare, people want to compare all they want to. Listen, the Christian life is still the best life to live. 
But I'm glad, hey, listen, I'm glad there is something beyond the grave. I'm glad that there's a hope. I'm glad that we got something to look forward to. Notice what he said in verse number 20. Listen, we see that there's a future parting that is coming. He said, also, regard not your stuff, for the good of all the land of Egypt is yours. Joseph said, don't worry about what you got. I got something better for you. I'm glad there's going to be a day when the trumpet sounds, when the Lord's going to shout. Hey, he's going to come down. He says, I have something better for you there's a future that's ahead I'll quote an old Boone County preacher the best is yet to come praise God we don't know all how wonderful it's going to be ahead but I'm thinking you know what will help us remind in the days we're living in today reminding that this is the worst I got and let me tell you what that'll get us up out of bed Hey, what, what is ahead for us? The future that goes on because of what Jesus did at Calvary. Let me say something. If you're here tonight and you're lost, Christ died for your sins. Not only to make your life better now and to help you here, he'll give you life and abundant life here, but he's in the business of giving eternal life. He wants to save you forever from the penalty of your sins because all of sin comes short of the glory of God. And I'm glad that we have a sure hope. I'm not talking about a hope into which we use. I hope the Mountaineers win or I hope the stock market goes up. I'm glad when we say hope we're talking about as sure as steadfast unmovable I'm glad that's the kind of hope that we have in the salvation that we have in Jesus Christ thank God for this notice this Jacob got to enjoy all that the son had the Bible says in Romans 8 and 17 and if children then heirs Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. He got all the best of the land. Leave all that behind. He said, I got better for you. And he got all of that because of the Son. Thank God because of Jesus. You and I have made joint. I I don't know all that that's going to entail to me. But I'm going to tell you what, the Bible tells us over in Psalm, in his presence is fullness of joy. You know what that means? That means it's going to be so good up there. I don't, I don't know. I don't, we, I don't know if we'll vast over how, I mean, I know it's going to be a glorious kingdom. It's going to be a glorious kingdom. And the glory is going to be because of the light that shines through it. And it's all going to be about him and everything about him. Have you ever thought about, I mean, I, I've worked at the Capitol for years. And if you ever walk down the Capitol, it's beautiful. That, that, you look up in the ceilings how they hand-painted and, and sculpted. I mean, they put some work into them, the marble floors, all that stuff. You think man made that. That came from the mind of a man. A limited, a limited finite mind of man who may be talented in some way. Imagine, imagine what it's going to be like from an infinite holy God. I mean, we don't know. But you know what? I don't know all that he was worried about everything else. You know what it was? He just wanted to see the sun. You know what I'm excited about? I'm just excited to see the sun. I'm excited to see the one that died for me at Calvary. But not only is there a future parting that is coming, hey, he said, leave it all and just come on. I'm going to give you the best. But there's a faithful promise, verse number 20. You know what? Look at what Israel said. Look what, look what the change made in this man. He had a lot of problems in his life. And he was going by Jacob. But the moment that he got that word and the moment he had that fresh work and he saw them wagons, he said, it is enough. And notice what he said then. It changed. He said, I will go and see him. 
I'm glad that it moved him to want to get in God's will. Can I say something to you? Revival, listen, when it comes, we ought to be thankful for the faithful promises you and I have. What's ahead for us ought to move us to want to get in God's will now. It ought to to move us. I'm thankful that we have a future ahead. We got a promise to be with him. And because we know he's coming and we know it's sure, we may not know the day, we may not know the hour. I may go by the grave or my gut may go up in the rapture, but I know this. One way is I'm going. And listen, when I go, I know where I'm going. I'm glad for a hope that I know that I'll see him one day, not because of what I've done, but because of what he did at Calvary, because Jesus shed his blood on an old rugged cross and on the third day rose again. And by putting my faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ, listen, I got my uh, just I got justified before God. My standing got changed. I'm going to see him. And we got some promises. He's coming. The Bible said in John 14, 1 through 3, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. 1 Thessalonians 4, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air so shall we ever be with the Lord 1 John 3 and 2 beloved now are we the sons of God and it does not yet appear what we shall be but we know that when he shall appear we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is if those promises ain't enough to get you moving you ought to get up on this altar right now Oh, thank God he's coming. Thank God we have a surefire promise that he's coming. And tonight, as we look at this passage of Scripture, I'm going to ask everybody to stand tonight in this place. I know revival don't start for us for two weeks, but can I say something to you? That don't mean you have to wait for a scheduled week of meetings to make a change. Everybody, every, every head bowed and every eye closed. Don, you can come on. We'll get ready to get...